Hey, I'm George, and we're back with another edition of the greatest podcast about geek culture and cocktails and cocks George ever invented. Today, what are we, is this episode 65? You're going to screw it up again. George, it is episode 65. Today we're going to talk about the state of the X cinematic universe. We're going to do a the Legion... The X- X-Men? Is that what you're referring yes, to? Yes, the X-Men cinematic universe. That's what I said. Well, you said X. Just go with it, George. Oh, you meant teams. maybe like all the do- teams. documentaries about ecstasy? No, cool. no. You don't want to watch documentaries, George. We're also doing... You don't watch documentaries? I don't watch documentaries. I don't like documentaries. That's so strange. So there's only a couple documentaries I, I, I'm willing to indulge in. Ask me in. about an ecstasy documentary later. Do you know about an ecstasy documentary? I bought a tape the other day at a doctor's office estate sale that it was ecstasy. What's all the rave about? It's like a no. bunch of... I bought a bunch of them, actually, meth. How do you know meth? What's cooking in your neighborhood? What, is that is that is that really the pun for the meth one? Yes. Oh my god! What what's the pot one? Uh it was just two meths and an ecstasy. That's all they had left. Two meths and an ecstasy. Yeah, I sold two of them. What at, town was uh, that in? <sighs> Around by me, Hasbrook Heights area. Wow, sounds about right. Yeah. That's about where you would get some meth from. It was at a doctor's office. I actually got a pelvis and a spine too, which I'm keeping. Yeah, I saw it on Instagram. That was pretty cool. Yeah. What else are we going to be talking about today? Ham bone. Well, I, should the, pro- I should probably be playing your theme music like <laughs> while you're like... The new season of Legion on FX has finally premiered, so we're going to do a quick review of that. Uh, we're going to talk about what the fuck is Fortnite, uh, which is with the biggest game in the world currently. We're going to do a little talk about Advanced Dungeons & Dragons today and what it means to today's people. And we're going to do a little WrestleMania week wrap-up because there was a whole lot going on in Louisiana last week. And we need to introduce all our lovely guests here. First off, as always, the illustrious, the amazing, the beautiful, the sexy, the man with the greatest hair in the world bangs for miles. I mean, bangs in the back of his head. I can't even. You're waiting lock. for it. You want the cube? Go ahead. Do it. What's up, yeah. everybody? Yeah, we got always Ken happy here. to be here. Where did you, you where did you vend at this week? Trenton Punk Rock Flea Market. And was it as awesome as you thought it would be? It was very packed and Marky Ramon was behind me online for the urinals. And I remember him saying these bathrooms really look like they took a beating this weekend. I am um, I don't know much about <laughs> I don't I don't, I don't like, Yeah man. <laughs> what do you think? I know very little about celebrities at urinals, but I remember Greg Gethard once told me that he was uh, waiting in line, I think, at the uh, the Paramount, the uh, convention hall in Asbury Park to pee, and Rob Van Dam came up next to me. He's like, whoa, how do they pee in singlets? It was like the age-old question, like, how do you pee? And he lifted up the leg. Lifted wow. up the leg. By the way, I wanted to mention this to you. Colt Cabana name dropped a Chris Gethard show on Supercard. They live together. Which, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, they live together, I think, for that's a while. Awesome. Um, what? Hambone? Did I ever tell you about Mickey Dolan's uh, bathroom story? Mickey Dolan? Mickey Dolan's. Not, not, monkeys? He's, he's, he's from the monkeys, yeah. Go ahead. I was down in Chiller Theater one time, and I just, you know, I stepped into the bathroom, and a dude stands up next to me, uh, and the next year on over, and he's got like a fedora on. He's got a shirt that looks like an Affliction-style shirt, and... He gets in there. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? I was like, oh, hey, how are you? And he goes, oh, water's cold. <laughs> Fucking Mickey Dolan's from the monkeys. 
<laughs> creep. So, so speaking of which, speaking of creeps, or right, maybe not, George, we've got Robin with us. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having this me. This is crazy because we actually have a woman. Yes. On the air. Yes, finally. It, it only took 65 episodes for me to figure this out, that we're very white and male on this uh, show. So. Very white and male. Well, no, I mean, we've had Big Black on. We brought him on. We have another, um, you know, African-Americans going to be joining us later in the show. So we have... Hand on two's back? Pull back. Just fucking go with it, George. No, just, no, no, Just no. go with it. You, you got you to learn to just go with it, George. Because no one could actually hear this on the broadcast. It doesn't matter. I am very OCD because I know George Colazzo listens. You can, you can hear pops and, on a broadcast. And yes, Take your pills you later. It. Just pull, pull your pop shield back. Pull, you your, are a pull, pull your mic back. Pull You're your pop shield a, back. Just a host, co-host, co 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 co-host. Your aggression on the microphone is so evident. Can't it's like all insane. Be so insane. I guess we could all get along. Let's talk about Robin. Hi, Robin. Is this your? Uh, have you ever been on a podcast before? No, this is my first time. Oh yeah, debut. Yeah. Nice. Welcome. Thank you. This is your first time ever on a podcast. Yes, it is. Do you know how many dozens and dozens of people are listening to you right now? <laughs> yes. There are so many. There's so many. And they always criticize everything. Go ahead. The day All after right. a show, I get like three emails at least every week just saying, oh, you know, Hambone popped the shield again. Hambone crackled and popped. Hambone this. I'm like, guys, gotta let go on Hambone. Hambone's... Hambone's excellent. He just doesn't understand because he's special. Like, he, you know, he's special. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today. You're clearly here to discuss Dungeons & Dragons because you're the only female Dungeons & Dragons player in the world. Oh, is that, okay. Basically, right. pretty much, uh, <laughs> as well as your your love for, for X-Men. Um, but thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for uh, having me. I'm excited. So this week, this past Sunday, I had the wonderful experience of attending the... You got to go to Punk Rock Flea Market. I probably should have gone to Punk Rock Flea Market, but instead I spent the afternoon at Convention Hall in Asbury Park at the National Great American New Jersey Asbury Park Cat Convention, which I have never seen so many people enthusiastic about their feline fellows. Were there any furries there? There were no furries. That would have been awesome. I I heard, uh, we're lucky, we got there late because we had problems napping Gabe. But the big challenge we had was we the online the reviews were pouring out saying basically that if you showed up there when it opened, you were in line for four hours. It was like Comic Con to get into the cat convention. All women, all waiting to see, I don't know, to look at little kitty cats, I guess. It was very, very surreal. So we went and visited all our friends first and uh, finally got there around five when the line dropped down. Five. What time did it close? Seven. Were there real cats there? Was there were like cat there, products. There were like some toys and cat, you know, cats. So it was. And it was mostly toys and shelters, and like like DIY punk rock cat clothing. And little Bub was there, and other famous cats. But most importantly, it was a giant auditorium filled with women for Hambone, and Hambone completely missed out. George. Like, as far as the eye can see, forget about the Midwest Craft Con. The Asbury Park George. Cat Convention was, like, ta- as far as you can see, tattooed, like, happy-go-lucky, 
like one step removed from the knitting needles, but if they couldn't make a sweater for their kittens, it was just, it was all I could think about was handbone. Like I actually thought about it. I'm so allergic to cats, Which is why we need to change this. Because handbone hasn't pulled a better call saw and started hanging out at old age homes. Oh my god! Well, he doesn't like. He's not a big fan of like the the, the wrinkled vagina. <laughs> he could go, go to the crow's George. Nest. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting it from all sides tonight. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. But uh, as far roast. as I could see, just lots of women with like crazy cat costumes, tattoos, and, and like and yeah, it was nuts. So it was I was the only man there. Me a lot and, of cat ears on on like headbands and stuff. No, lots of yes, so many cat ears, so many cat ears. It was crazy. But there was a lot of uh, little bub merch, and there was other favorite. So it was twenty bucks to get in, and I didn't feel bad paying. Supposedly it went to some sort of kitty charity. What blew my mind is to get your photo taken with little bub. It was one hundred dollars solid. Oh, I believe that it's a cat. What is he, Adam West? I paid sixty bucks to meet Matt and Jeff Hardy. Well, was it thirty a piece, or we pay sixty a piece? No, it was sixty for one photo. So oh, it was yeah. broken, mad yeah. brother Nero. Yeah, even yeah. better. It was even. I mean, it was absolutely worth it. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. I just. I couldn't remember because I was so overjoyed at that House of Hardcore show. Wow, little bub gets a hundred. Little bub's a hundred bucks, and like they were well, averaging about seventy five bucks for the other cats I'd never heard of. Crazy. So, oh no, I, I think you would figure that uh, two paws wouldn't be there because of WrestleMania. I don't even think Young Bucks and Adam Page was a hundred bucks. Oh no, it was thirty bucks. But ham, awesome. but Hambone, hundred percent. That was uh, uh, George. I'm allergic to cats. I know. I know. I'm me allergic. To, I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, I and I, I, believe me, I see the, all these beautiful cats. I want to pet them. They're so adorable. I would die. Die. I, I you, would die. But I don't want you to pet the cats. I want to pet Just you to the pet owners. a certain other pussy. Oh. Oh. George. Oh. 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 Meow. 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 You, George. Meow. Meow. I'm working on it. Come on. You know what my goal is for this year, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I know. How's your mom doing with so that, by the way? She's, she's well. The baptism is on Sunday. Yeah. So got some you nice know. Greek girls lined up yeah, for me. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Look, I, uh, I I can't say enough about the cat convention. Hopefully, it'll be better next year and bigger. It really was just a giant room filled with cat vendors and Brian Baker DJing. It was very strange. So, okay, wait, hold on. So, <laughs> Brian Baker was DJing the cat convention. Yes. Uh, I've now of, seen everything. I've heard of, it all. Of bad religion. I was actually wondering, would it be odd? He didn't play it, but would it have been weird if he played a bad religion or minor threat or dag nasty song? That'd be like Inception. Is it? Is it's weird, right? Yeah. But like rappers play their music all the time. Well, I think I think for Brian Baker to play his own music, it would be kind of you know they say it's cool for Iron Maiden to wear their own T-shirts. That might be a bridge too far. Like, what if he played Junkyard? I don't know. I've heard lots of like guest DJs play their own stuff. BC really? Boys, tons of guys like mix it in with other stuff. Well, I guess sometimes like some of those guys like want to show you where they maybe got their influence from. They're just trying to put themselves over. Yeah, what do you think too. of Kittens, Robin? I like them. You, should, you would have loved the, the cat convention. I mean, I'm more of a dog person, but... <laughs> but I want to know, what kind of music was being played at the convention? Punk rock. It was a giant punk rock flea market, but for cats. Okay. It's just that type of area. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, also, there is now a, a cat cafe in Asbury Park across street from Parlor Gallery. Open? I heard about that. Yeah, it's yeah. finally open. It's, uh, I think, one of the, either the stage manager or, or show, I think it's the touring manager of the Bouncing Souls opened up a, he opened up a cat cafe. It's split in half. Half of it is like a real cafe and then there's a window down the middle and on the other side are cats and you book time to spend with a cat, with cats, like lots of cats. So, they're shelter cats. So, so it's like, it's a cat house. Thera- therapeutic, very. It's it's more of uh, 
It's more of your like torture chamber. Like if you're ever mean to me, I'm gonna take you down there and throw you. I'll be like, oh, I want an hour. Here, throw Hambone in. Here, jump on his eyes. All I do is love you, George. I can just see him. All I do is love you. I'm just as allergic as you are. Well, I'm. I'm, But I had a couple cats in my lifetime. Like I didn't own them, but they were friends' cats that I grew very attached to. So I mean, I can understand a love for a cat. It's different than a dog. They're different beasts. It's got to be a different kind of vibe. Uh, But I prefer dogs too. Both of my brothers are allergic. So growing up only had dogs. Maybe next time you go, I'll just pop a Benadryl and just drink Red Bull all day to kind of even it out. I I don't know if that would work. So we got to talk a little bit. We have a cocktail. Don't we have a cocktail? Nope. We do have a cocktail. Here, hammer, out, hammer out the cocktail. Hambone Spring Fling. So today what we're doing is uh, white sangria. Ooh. White sangria. Now, do you know I, where the best white sangria refreshing. is? Where? Tabor Road uh, Tavern in Morris Plains, up Route 10, right after the old Chevy's. Their sangria is so good, and it's not filled with fruit or anything. They just have one little orange as an accoutrement. It is so good. It's just, I could keep drinking. You need to, and the thing is, it's so far away, I can't Uber back, so I just have to, like, drunk drive. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, George. I, I let Allison drive, but it is such a great sangria. But let's try yours. Tell us about your sangria that you made for us today. So, eight ingredients, one pitcher, 15 minutes to make. Simple. Now, this one is going to have a lot of fruit in it, and we are a muddling establishment here at Headhunters, so you want to make sure that you muddle whatever fruit that you put in there before you add any of the alcohol. Uh, So what we're doing here is we're going to add in the uh, ingredients now. It's going to be citrusy, bright, and fruity, and that's the key thing for a white sangria. You want it to be bright. So we're going to put a lime that's going to be thinly sliced into rounds, one lemon thinly sliced into rounds, a quarter cup of organic cane sugar, or you can use agave, powdered coconut sugar, maple syrup, whatever floats your boat. Just make sure it's a quarter cup of it. A quarter cup of apple brandy. Now, this is the secret ingredient. Laird's Applejack uh, is what I highly recommend that you use for it. Or you could just use a regular brandy, but man, the apple brandy is really going to give it a smoother, more gentle finish. You're going to use a half of an organic green apple. Uh, one ripe peach or nectarine thinly sliced. Make sure you take the pit out of that. You're going to use a cup of sliced strawberries and a 750 milliliter bottle of dry, crisp white wine. Make sure it's chilled first. Now, what I'm going to recommend is you put all the fruit in there. You're going to muddle it into the bottom with the sweetener that you put in there. It's almost like making an old-fashioned, except you're making a sangria. Then you're going to add the Applejack. Then you're going to add the crisp white wine. And then when you serve it, you're going to want to serve it with either ice or frozen berries. And then you could even top it top it off a little sparkling water. It's delicious. Do you need to have a good wine? Like, what kind of, what quality wine do you need in sangria? At least a $10 bottle of wine. Okay, so, yeah, so... At least a ten dollar bottle of wine because uh, yellowtail works. Yellowtail works absolutely fine. It, uh, the barefoot works fine as well. The thing is, when you make something like this, you're not going to be sitting there sipping a wine. You're going to be sipping a concoction with sugars in it, with different kinds of fruits. So it just needs to be. You know, you go to the liquor store, you go to the cold. Is there not white sangria wine? Because there is red sangria wine. There is. It's already pre-made, pre-mixed. But this is but a little you're more doing fun it with white wine. Would you do this with like a riesling that is like a sweet? White wine? I wouldn't. You? I wouldn't because you're you actually like a dry. You're gonna kind of overshoot the mark. You want the dry wine, so you really have the the fruit like be the, the flavor. Fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is the latest installment of Hambrones Spring Flings. Hambrones. You just <laughs> said Hambrones. I have a, spe- a weird speech thing, George. I mean that's cool. I like Hambrones. Spring Fling. I've been I've been giving spring everyone <laughs> variations on Hambone. And a hambrone is probably my favorite. Yeah. We got to find hambrone. Yeah. He is a real hambrone. Hambrone's when I get all aggressive when you tell no. me the mic's popping. Hambrone's your brother. 
George. Yes. Hambro is my brother. Hambrone. Hambrone. Hambrone is your brother. Oh my god, I love it. I right, love it. Someone, I love it. Someone so mark much. this down. We got it. We got to use that. Hambrone. So I guess we got to talk a little bit about Stan Lee and the most depressing article I've ever read in my life. Now, Robin, have you heard about this yet? Terrible. No. Oh. What happened? So, I think it was the uh, Hollywood uh, Reporter uh, reported was that the first to report it. it was a, they were the one who broke the story. Uh, it was a huge article about it, uh, how Stan Lee, ever since his uh, wife died, his, his oh, this is where like you know ba- baby boomers gone bad. He has like a sixty-seven-year-old daughter who is on uh, permanent. What's it called? Where you get like a uh, money every month, like disability. A, she's on the dole. Yeah, but it's not disability. But from Stanley. No, no, no. It's like you get an allowance for she's your parents. A trust. Trust. She's got a trust. She's a lot of rich. She, and she here. just blows money like ten, twenty grand every day on like clothes. She's forever in debt. So Stanley has kind of just put her in a trust, gives her a little bit of money all the time. But now she wants to take over. Like she's like he's not even dead yet, and she's trying to get the houses, and she's got she's lawyered up, and she's just destroying him. And supposedly, like Stan never really like he loves his daughter, but doesn't really like his daughter. She sounds like a horrible human being. Well, the, the more that gets reported on it, it, it sounds like from sources that are close to the family that. She beat them up. Like, you know, she roughed up the mom before the mom died. She roughed up Stan Lee because Stan Lee and his wife had a, a nightly martini, a standing martini date. They'd have a martini together every night. It was terrible. Up until she died when she was 95. It, it, uh, it's a pretty terrible thing. It's funny because elder abuse is somewhat become the spotlight in Hollywood over the last few years. I don't know if you guys heard the Richard uh, Simmons thing it's that was common, going on. Like everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not kind of in it, Hollywood. not just Hollywood, but it's 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 pretty rampant. The fact that Stan Lee is so beloved. I mean, people are coming out of the woodwork saying like Kevin Smith today was like Stan come live with me. But it's I, not just his daughter, it's it's the accountant, it's like the but, lawyers, but I think like they all work some weird muscle running yeah. that's yeah. running the state. They could be influencing the daughter. Because she's the closest to it. They're working for the daughter because they know the daughter's going to inherit everything and she doesn't mind spending the money. It is a very, very sad, depressing tale. It's a horrible final act for Stan Lee. Uh, I, I don't know. I just hope. I don't know. So let me ask you this. Do you think that the sex abuse allegations that were up against Stan Lee a few months ago were tied into this somehow? Because that's one of the things that didn't really come clean about in the... Articles that no, I was reading. I think he had a George Bush type thing. Little George Bush thing. I'm sure he was just an old man saying curmudgeony things. I or do, playing a little I grab ass. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm not going to completely give him that. I do think it. They had a hundred percent something to do with the blood signatures that are going around. No, okay, that was creepy. Yeah, where they, where he's given vials of blood to uh, to galleries to sign his work in his blood. Oh well, actually, the one guy who was in with him, one of his business managers, was trying to get his vials of blood to make commemorative stamps and artwork with Stanley's blood inside uh, of it. Same shit, but yes, yes, That's crazy. Yeah, so Stanley is like really being, and he, I hear he's got his wits about him. He's just got the worst people around him. I mean, I think that he's already going to basically live forever. So he's making all these things with his blood, and unfortunately, people are going to buy it. People, people are going to buy it. People are going to buy it. People are. It's guys. They're called DNA prints or yeah, something. Buy it. It's just. I'm, I just feel bad. That article's rough. Can the Hollywood Reporter? Nobody's saying any of it's a lie. 
No, no one. I mean, there was videos that he allegedly released saying, oh, everyone's blowing this out of proportion. It's not like that. But it was kind of like the uh, the hostage video. Oh, I'm fine. You know, it's they're treating me okay here. Everything's cool. Yeah. I, I feel terrible about it. I mean, I, it, I, I, I would not wish it upon it's my like worst enemy. It's like a reverse enemy. Stockholm sy- syndrome. You there know, you go, Ken. Remember. Exactly. Oh, yeah. and, and it's like, again, the way I read the article, it's like, oh, is this, like, he has like a 19, 20-year-old daughter? Because it sounded like... No, she's 65. She's, she's 67. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is a senior citizen we're talking about here who is just the most entitled piece of shit in the world. Well, they, they were saying that, like, every month it would be nothing for her to spend, like, $40,000. Yeah. Like, they had to cut her off several times, you know, cars. She'd come home with cars and be like, no, it's... What she basically wants him to do is redo the will to make her not have a trust, to have her just have everything. Because she's going to get everything. She's the only kid. Yeah, power of attorney. And, and I think they're stuff, forcing her to him to change wills. Like the will has been changed. I think they're trying to reverse wills. It's just ugly, 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 ugly. Oh, and you think it's ugly now? Wait till he actually dies and she's still living when she starts going after everybody. Because now she is the heir to whatever Stanley owns or the Stanley name. She's going to go after Marvel she Comics. She'll blow that all the money quick and then start yeah. going down the line. Exactly. He gets a million dollars a year for Marvel. Just just for funsies. Just for all we know, she could be blowing you know tons of drugs up her nose on top of this. Anyway, so we're going to talk about something close to that. We're going to talk about uh, my favorite Stanley creation, the X-Men, particularly their cinematic universe, which is just getting weird right now. In the past few weeks, it was announced that the New Mutants, which was originally supposed to air like now, was supposed to come out right, over, I think, a couple of weeks ago or somewhere around now, has been pushed to like next August. Uh, it was pushed to next February, and then it was pushed to next August. Dark Phoenix was pushed from November to next March, February, to, uh, to Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day next February. Uh, and it just looks like this stuff is just, I have a feeling New Mutants might never come out. There's rumors that about up to 50% of it's going to be reshot because they wanted to make it scarier. I don't know what that means, but I thought this would be a good time to talk a little bit about the X universe in movies and the ups and downs from like, you know, X2's greatness to X3's horribleness to from Deadpool to Logan to the Wolverine, which I loved, and then the original Wolverine, which was horrible. Robin, what are you an X-Men fan? I am, yes. What do you love most? Like, first of all, what's your favorite X movie? And what do you, you know, what, what what are your thoughts about the X universe? Okay, so my thoughts. Well. What's your first X, no, your favorite X movie first. Logan. Logan, okay. Yes, I basically cried the whole thing. But I like Logan. Um, what I think about the X-Men is that I really liked, of course, the original movie because it was the introduction to everybody. I was a big beast fan i don't know just big blue guy i love him and uh and then he's hairy too i yeah and uh i agree with you that after a while they cut like three and just kind of went downhill and then i like the origin stories as well because i'm a fan of learning how people became how they are you know and what brought them together I was um, interested in finding out what put Professor X in the the chair and how people met and, you know, Cyclops, the poor guy, you know, like just how people became the X-Men. And that's what I liked about the origin story. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm also a little scared, but, you know, I'm kind of interested in in seeing what other kind of mutants are out there. I'm, I'm looking forward to see more of Gambit. Or, or is and, it? Does anyone here think that Disney is kind of causing some of this mess? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Yes. It's funny because uh, what happened, one, one of the things that, the main things that happened when they did Days of Future Past completely erased X-Men The Last Stand. And it erased some of the original X universe that Brian Singer created um, with X Men, uh, X Men Two. So now everything is getting delayed because they did Apocalypse. They're getting ready to do Dark Phoenix. So now we actually get a, a Dark Phoenix story that's going to be lo- what they're saying is truer to the original source material, or as true as they can get within the X universe that's currently being touted. George, do you know if Logan takes place in the same X universe as the First Class? Yeah, I think, yeah, because the first class takes place in the same universe as Age of Apocalypse. Right. You know, it's still the same world. I just, I think Logan's trying to be more of a standalone, such as, much like Deadpool. Right. So it is what it is. It is in the same universe. It's just the timeline's so convoluted that it doesn't matter. I think, I think they need to start from scratch. I think Disney... What I was just going to say is like, I like first class and... Uh, what's the one after it? Days of Future Past. Days of Future because Past. Because I like the old school teams. But the more, you know, you were starting this segment, I was like getting psyched. And the more Hambone started saying movies, I was like getting depressed. Reboot every single goddamn thing into one straight up X-Men universe. You know, they ruined a lot of things already with the first, starting with the very first movie. We could go back and... You know, start with the original team. Start with Professor X. Start with the original mutants from the very early 60s days. You know, they could update a lot of that stuff and still make it good. Who's your favorite mutant, beast. Robin? You are Beast. Mm-hmm. Like, really Beast. Why Beast? I don't know. I was just always a fan Did of Did you him. like him before he was furry? <laughs> do, you, do you know he wasn't always furry? Yes, I knew that. <laughs> he used to just be like a man with big I feet. Li- I liked him furry. <laughs> you like him furry? You like, like the furry. furry, okay. I like the furry. Um, I was I, also a fan of Gambit, though, too. And, I, you know, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I don't know head. if there's going to be of that. Like with the Channing Tatum Channing Gambit Tatum, movie? Yeah. Is it going to happen? Well, okay. there's some videos online and all that. So pictures. And, there, there's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, what's been happening is... Things that are getting shuffled around, the things that were pretty much almost ready to go, which was Dark Phoenix and then New Mutants, that was the thing that was going to happen after that. And now I think that's just getting shuffled to the bottom of the deck. The thing with the New Mutants, uh, what I read the other week on Collider, was that it was pretty much a good to go. They wanted a movie that was a cross between John Hughes and Stephen King's, and then it happened. Uh, the movie It Happened, it was Gangbusters, and they realized that instead of doing three days of additional filming to record to complete what was supposed to be a young adult movie, they wanted it to go full horror. So that's why they're pretty much reshooting 50% of it, and it's been pushed back to 2019. I just think that's crazy, and I just don't know. By then, the Fox-Disney deal is going to be done. I'm not sure what exactly is going to happen. Hey, look, it's Gabe. Hi, Gabe. Hey, Gabe. Gabe. Oh, Mommy Needs Water. So do you want to know something cool that I I read uh, the other day about the New Mutants movie? There was a ready and after credit scene shot where they had John Hamm as Mr. Sinister, and now they cut it. Oh, that would be awesome. Oh, yeah. No, I was I was really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and now they recast someone, Antonio Banderas, to play an unspecified villain that is not Mr. Sinister. So we almost got Mr. Sinister in this universe, and it was almost John Hamm. That could be a lot of people. I love John Hamm. I'm so not excited. For, so I hated Age of Apocalypse. Oh, I hated it, too. It was terrible. Horrible, horrible. It was a DC movie. It destroyed the, the myth, mythos of it Apocalypse just, and a number of other things. Uh, the CG slow punching, jumping. No, it was DC all day. It was like... The story was terrible. So bad. 
So bad. Oh, an age of apocalypse himself. Apocalypse uh, himself was, he was so terrible. Uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, I think. I think the only Marvel uh, X universe person. So first of all, I do think the X universe needs to be transitioned into the Disney Marvel universe. I don't think they should be separate universes when they merge. But I think uh, Ryan Reynolds should forever be Deadpool. Yes, oh, I agree. Yes, and uh, he, Hugh Jackman can, for as long as he wants to do it, be Wolverine. I think he's, he's done. a great Wolverine. You want to know something funny else? Uh, something else I read. Riley Brown, who is an artist on the Deadpool comic, mm-hmm. uh, I found out today that Marvel Comics can't use the Deadpool cinematic costume. They can't draw the Deadpool cinematic costume. Like a lot of the cinematic costumes, uh, they can't use in regular comics uh, that they do for like Deadpool or say Captain America. It's a very specific thing that's licensed only to to Disney for the movies and the movie merchandise. Wow. So that's why if you get a Deadpool comic, you're never going to see him in drawn in the Deadpool movie costume. Yeah, but it's close enough. I don't care. Well, I'm just saying. I, I thought that was funny that you know they're they're printing money with Deadpool. Why would not eh, take it a step eh, further? I'm okay with that. Are you excited nice. for Deadpool? Oh, you know I'm excited for Deadpool. It comes out on my birthday. Ooh. I'm getting Ryan Reynolds my birthday. Yeah, Robin. I think we're excited. celebrating. Yeah. I think Very we know excited. how we're celebrating. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be glorious. You're going to wear swords to the theater. Oh, I'm so excited. I have a Deadpool costume. Have you seen me in it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, it's we like, all have. I, I, I'm fat Deadpool. I've seen a whole lot of you in that Deadpool costume. <laughs> I'm sorry. We all, we all saw a lot. My chestnuts <laughs> and, uh, and plantain. It's not More bad. Like walnuts, <laughs> but... I mean, I try. It's, 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 it, I thought I looked pretty good in spandex. I could probably lose about 10 more pounds. But, you know, I, I, I had to try it once. Oh, it was great. And, and was great. I, I'm not self-conscious at all. And I can do spandex like a motherfucker. Yeah, you can. I mean, it's not Just far right. different from what I ride a bicycle in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Except there's more support in the bicycle outfit. And it does look I have, like I have more camel toe. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you know. Uh, what is, uh, what's your favorite X movie, Hambone? Uh, Deadpool. 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 You know what? I, I I watch them whenever they come on cable sometimes. Well, I work at a, a gym called Retrofit, and they always show movies there every day. One of the movies that they show all the time in the cardio room is X3, The Last Stand. So I think I've seen that movie. It is the worst movie ever made, It's right? the worst movie ever made, but I, I just run faster because I want to get my cardio done and, to get away from the shitty movie. Actually, I don't know if it's X3 that's the worst or the first Wolverine Origins movie. Oh, it's a foot race at this point. First Wolverine Origins, though, there's some really good things about it. It's just they destroyed Deadpool at the end. I don't know. I did really like the Wolverine. I thought the Wolverine was a fantastic movie. That right movie's up until, great. Right up until the very end. I mean, it's a samurai it's movie. A if you haven't seen it, in it, it's but it is like a just it's a kung fu movie. It's great, especially yeah. the time where he doesn't have the uh, the powers. Yeah. Absolutely love it. My 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 top three. Are Logan, right? X Men First Class, Deadpool. Some good ones. Yeah, X Men First Class first is fantastic. Class Nobody was expecting anything from that movie, and it became what I think the best X movie. Bacon was great. Flip your one and three, and that's when you got mine. Yep. 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 X Men First Class is number two. Uh, Deadpool, Logan at the end. Anyway, so we are going to transition over to video games for a second because we have a guest that's coming on right now. He is a. Uh, a, a he's a tech ninja. So let me see if we can call him in right now. How about you talk to us about your latest adventures, Hambone? So uh, my latest adventures, I uh, 
had to drive around New York a bunch. And, you know, I, I feel like when you're driving in New York City and you are surrounded by people who are from out of state, the problems aren't the New York drivers, the people who are driving from out of state. It's kind of like the closest I'll ever come to Mad Max. Me and my little <laughs> Honda CRV zipping in and out of traffic. It's, you, I mean, you could finish your story. No, that, that was that was it. I mean, I'm, you know. You're done. Um, it was just you and your CRV. That's all you were zipping doing. Zipping. I said it was like Mad zipping Max. Driving, driving on Highway 66 well, is like, you know, Mad Max. Yeah. Driving through Manhattan is madness. So we have another special guest with us today. We needed somebody younger to kind of balance off our absolute ignorance to mobile video games. And uh, hence, I reached out to multiple people and they all ignored me. Except for one, Kevin Nethers, the Tech Ninja. Welcome on the show, Kevin. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love the music. Uh, it gets me in the mood. Kevin, at first, I thought it was Kokomo. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kevin's here today to tell us a little bit about Fortnite. Fortnite just came out, uh, as, or it just became openly available on iOS. People are freaking out. I downloaded, I played it, and I was like, I got a, I got a shovel, and it keeps making a wall. I don't know what to do. I hate this, and then I get shot in the head, and I get sad, and I'm like, yeah, fuck this. I'm not playing Fortnite ever again. But then, like, <laughs> our friend Ken over here, he's been playing Player Unknown Battleground or some shit like that, and he's like, this game's awesome. And then everybody's like, Fortnite, Fortnite, and like, I just don't understand, and I don't. We're bringing you on there, Kevin, to explain to us what is Fortnite. Yeah, so Fortnite uses the very popular Battle Royale game style. So essentially, you start off in this huge world, you jump out of a bus, and then you begin with nothing, and then you find supplies, you find guns, and then the last man or woman standing wins. So it's kind of just a, it's like the Hunger Games, except for very fast. Or Battle Royale, the Asian children movie where they kill each other, a phenomenal movie, everybody should watch it. <laughs> I, I, no, the problem is Ken and Kevin are way too similar, and I'm having difficulty First speaking. Ken. Ken, how have you played both games? Yes. What are what are your thoughts on how do they differ? How are they? Well, I mean, first off, Epic does Fortnite, and they made Unreal and tons of other great games, uh, Gears of War. So it's like you know their game is runs a little more stable. It's a polished game. But it is a little more cartoony to me. I like PUBG because it is more of a realistic kind of real-world shooter. You're jumping out of a plane. Just same same things. The, the difference, though, to me is that the building aspect in Fortnite, which you know I've seen a lot of pro players play it, and they make it look like incredible. They're building these intricate little buildings that they're sitting in and sniping running around levels while other people are doing the same for me it was actually a little too much to try and you know take a grasp of and and go through now to me and and i missed out on most shooter games uh, it's kind of like team fortress the cartooniness of it it kind of looks it looks similar to similar similar to a team fortress Uh, the building is like very similar to minecraft Uh, i actually downloaded it the other day so i could have something to say during this segment (laughs) Uh, i first downloaded it for ios because i wasn't aware that it was on the playstation 4 and let me tell you something brother on an iPhone, this game is near impossible to play. And that said, <laughs> it is averaging $1.2 million a day 
according to Forbes magazine, uh, with people, because it's, it's a buy-in game. It's free to play, but it's it's all microtransactions, and I've had a problem in the past with games with microtransactions, so thank God I did not like this game or we'd be going down a hole. Kevin, I called this a first-person shooter, and you smacked me across the face and said, <laughs> no, what is this game? It's a third-person shooter, so oh, so yeah. the cameras so the cameras over your shoulder, so you're you're not you're not you're not the person. You're you're like someone watching the person play. So it's like Fallout versus Far Cry. Fine technicality is yeah. I, I guess <laughs> why do you need to build things? I find that like building just makes me have to do work, and I don't like to do work. Why? What's the fascination with building in this game? Yeah, so so the fast because when I first started playing the game, I was a little late. I was a late compared to a lot of people, but the point is when you get to the center of the map, this is where you're going to be at. You you make these buildings so you can basically protect yourself because everyone's running to make it into the zone, and that's where the game really ramps up at. And once you get into the zone, you can then make a building, you can make a tower, you can get up big mountains, big hills. And you use these supplies that you gather while playing the game by knocking down buildings and things like that. And when you do that, you have these supplies that you can build all these ladders and build all these cool things and shoot people at the same time. And yeah, the pro players make it look really easy, but it's it's really not. Um, it's, it's very difficult. difficult to build. Yeah, build and shoot at the same time. And, you know, that's what separates the average players from the really good players. Kevin, can you not go into FPS mode in it, like in PUBG? Does it not have the option to go into first person? Um, on the mobile device and consoles, no. But on PC, there is a way to go there. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be patched or changed, but you can play in first person on PC. Okay. So let me ask you a question. Uh, for the people listening at home, there's a storm that comes in the game. Yes. And that's that, that was my big issue. The storm comes, and if, you, in the, if you're in the zone, you're safe from the storm, correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, I never made it to the zone. I just kept, the storm kept coming, and I kept dying trying to get into the zone. I mean, the game is really challenging. Yeah, so, so the, whole, the whole storm thing is to keep the game centralized. So as people start dying, the, essentially the battlefield shrinks, and the storm is what makes the battlefield shrink. So the storm comes around, and you have to get inside that zone. So the key is, kind of when playing the game, is not to, not to jump out of the bus towards the edge of the map. Sort of funnel your way towards the middle because you'll be able to get into the zone a little bit faster than if you were on the other side of the map. One of the benefits of PUBG, though, is that they have vehicles. So if you're on the other side of the map, you can hop in a vehicle and drive to the other side, which is actually nice. Would have been nice to know that last night well, at not, 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> that's on Fortnite, though. Yeah, PUBG, not Fortnite. Yeah, no. yeah, that, that is that is not Fortnite. So, so the key with Fortnite is to sort of stay in the central area. And, yeah, usually you won't have a problem with that. It's just it's for the people who jump towards the edge of the maps and sort of kind of collect that way. If the storm is on the other side of the map, or the I guess the the action zone, then you have a hard time running across the map. You you probably won't even make it because you have about two and a half minutes to get there. I, I, yeah, this is right now. If there's no cult in it, and if there's no like dog that I can have run around with me, I don't want to play it. Like this sounds so ah. horribly. Con this is like under you the dome. Play goat simulator. What's goat simulator? <laughs> you play like a goat, and you gotta like lick and destroy stuff. But if you sacrifice people on this uh, crazy hill, you could get like a devil goat out. It's really cool. Devil goat. <laughs> That's cultish. It, yeah, totally. yeah. It um. It now one of you guys were mentioning about the microtransactions. I think what makes this different is that the microtransactions. If you don't spend money, you still get the same experience. 
you just don't have a different skin while playing. Like that's the only difference. Like it, it, it doesn't unlock more guns. It doesn't give you any type of benefit um, if you spend money. It's just you, you're able to buy these skins, these these clothing. And, and what's kind of the, the way they make you do want to buy it is that everything is limited time. So you have like three days to buy this certain skin and then it's gone. Then they make a new one. So you can kind of buy it and you feel sort of exclusive for a little bit while you buy these skins. So basically every, people are spending $1.2 million a day on clothing in this game. Um, yeah, because there's because it's four, there's a uh, there's forty million players. So, <laughs> and, 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 and do you, do you get to keep the clothing and reuse the clothing, or is it just like you're, you're using yeah, it no, just I'm for sure a little it's, while? It's you got it the whole time you're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you're buying the skin, but you have to realize when you buy the so you have to buy virtual coins. This is how they get you. You buy virtual coins. You don't just buy the skin, go. and then from there you buy these skins. And a skin can go from five hundred to two thousand virtual coins. And I kind of did the math. Two thousand virtual coin, coins is twenty dollars. Oh. So some people are spending twenty dollars on a character skin on their phone game. So I can't on say, their phone games. I, yeah, I, I can't say anything because I've probably spent about a hundred dollars on pokeballs. <laughs> I mean, so the struggle is real. Like sometimes you do need the Pokeball, but I don't need the clothes. Like I don't really care if my Poke guy is clothed differently. So I guess kind of the same way. Which, by the way, Pokemon just unveiled like all the old guys are now everywhere. So in like Verizon, I can now get like Bulbasaur instead of just Worms. Really? <laughs> yeah, they've like opened up all the old characters like everywhere. I feel like the last good time in this country is when everyone was playing Pokemon Go. Everyone was just so much happier. I, I, Things were just so much better. I would agree. I would agree with that. I would agree with that a hundred percent. Look, Kevin, we appreciate having you on the show. How did people? How can people find you? How could people get in touch with you? How could they learn more about bad video games? Yeah, you could just find me. Just type in Kevin the Tech Ninja on anything you do: Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, anything. I'll come right up. So. Kevin the Tech Ninja, Kevin Nethers, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Take care. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Woo! Fortnite was nominated for two awards. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid game. It's made by a solid company. Um, you know, it's competitive. Yeah. It's it's tough. There is difficulty to it. It isn't, it isn't, and same with PUBG, there is a big learning curve there. It took me a while to actually learn how to actually kill someone because you don't come in contact with people a lot. You yeah, know, it's these, the, very the strange. The are huge. Uh, same with this. The, the time I played Fortnite, like, there, he was right. I did, I'm an edge scavenger. I go to the edge of the maps because no one's going to be around there. Everyone goes to the populated areas in these games. So, it's like, but if the zone turns out it's on the other side of the map, you're screwed. It's going to take you longer than two minutes to run there. No, that's the thing. So I downloaded for PS4 last night because the phone thing was just not working. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. I can play this on PS4. I finally get to the zone. One time the, the bus drops me right in the zone. I'm like, holy crap. I'm dead. The minute my feet touch the ground, headshot, and someone starts By dancing. By that time, people have you know good <laughs> weapons. Dancing. No, that's the thing. In this game, when they when someone kills you, you can hit a button to emote, and they they dance, they boogie. To emote, guys. So so switching platforms from from very popular mobile third person shooters slash PS4, we're gonna move to old school gaming. We are going to talk a little bit here about Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, something that I thought was long done and dead. Never. Uh, buried, buried. I um, I just want to make it very clear that I am not a Dungeons & Dragons player. Right about the time all my friends 
brothers and sisters were playing Dungeons and Dragons when I was a child, the Nintendo came out. And the Nintendo, when it came out, that was the end of me doing anything that was not on TV. Contra, Akari Warriors, that's what I was doing at my friends' houses, Excite Bike, Super Mario. I never got into role-playing until the video game version, Dragon Warrior, which I think was like Dragon Warrior 4, came free with Nintendo Power. That's the first RPG I played. I never, ever did manual role-playing, other than in bed. Um, George. But So I want to learn a little bit more about why you guys are so enraptured with a world you have to make up your you have to work for your games which i don't understand it could be because i think add stands for attention deficit disorder which i have <laughs> and in spades and i could never sit and do this so hamlet i'm gonna let you drive this i'm gonna ask you questions robin as a female dungeons dragon warrior you six foot tall statue west warrior you i want to know what drives Glamazon. you? Glamazon. Glamazon. I like that. To 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 do this. So, Hambo, tell me a little about Duntre. How did you get into it? Why are you still playing it? And does anyone younger than 40 give a fuck about Dungeons & Dragons? Go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I was DMing for a group. My friend something's playing Dungeon with Mastering. DM. DMing is Dungeon Mastering, also known as Game Mastering, if you're using it uh, in a different gaming system. Not to be confused with BMs. Go. BM is something wildly different, George. That's a different kind of role play. So, yes, um, people who are young are very much into Dungeons and Dragons. One of the groups, I, I was at one time running games for about three different groups. One of our friends, his son wanted to play. I was DMing for a kid who was 12 years old, and he was dominating at this game. Uh, I've been playing since I was 25. I just turned 39. Oh, so you started as an old man. I did start as an old man. I got invited when I was maybe 17 or 18 to play. Uh, and the girl I was dating at the time told me in no uncertain terms, uh, I will leave you if any of my friends find out that you're a nerd. I was like 18. She was like 24 and pretty cute. So uh, She was the only non-crafty one. Uh, yeah, she was the only non-crafty one. They're all crafty in their own ways, aren't they, Ken? Yeah, they are. You know it. You know it. So, yeah, so I didn't I didn't play then. And then uh, years later, George Colazzo got me into Dungeons & Dragons because I always did want to play. I always wanted to try it out, so... We started in third, I'm sorry, 3.5, uh, and now currently uh, Wizards of the Coast is doing 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons. Every few years they update it, so new rules, some new game mechanics. The fun of it for me has always been just sitting around with my friends, having a good time, having some laughs, eating pizza, trying to think our way out of crazy situations, and just kind of living the fantasy character uh, on a table instead of you know running out and actually doing parkour and Going LARPing and, get, and getting exercise. Tell me about how. So, all right, you're you're talking about DMing. Let's talk to Robin, who I think can speak to us in English. What do you actually do when you play Dungeons and Dragons? What do I do? The, what what happens? What is done? Is it all on pieces of paper? Do you have little statues that you paint? You can. You can. I mean, it depends on how advanced you are, of course. If you're really into it and you have this whole entire... You can have an entire collection of little tiny figurines if you really wanted to. And you can also have different types of um, agriculture around your mapping. Agriculture. Yeah, trees, bushes, like... You can do you can do anything. You sure, can make, castles, dungeons. It's you can do whatever you want. So Hambone we creates. He writes the world. He spends all night writing the world he for you. He creates. It's a, a week. It's <laughs> he creates a completely different setting, 
every time we play. He um, he cr- he thinks about these types of missions that we all have to go through. And every week, or um, not, not every week, but every time, it's a, it's a different thing. It's never the same, which is what I like about it. You know, you go in there, and not only is the setting and the game different, but your character is different every time as well. Oh. You, you level up. You don't have you one get, character you that do, you... You do, but you gain things as you go along. So my character, I am a level 12 dragonborn sorcerer with the affinity of fire. Wouldn't so, you be a sorceress? No, I'm a sorcerer. Just because I'm a woman doesn't mean my, my character is a woman. Served. I do not know. Yeah, you can you can be whatever you want. That's I haven't the, that's been so served. Fun. I'm shocked. That's the fun of it. You can be whatever you want. I'm I'm half a dragon that does magic. I guess so. You know, I'm I'm large. I'm slow, but I'm very intelligent, and I have a lot of charisma. Did you create your character? Yeah. Or was it created for you? I created my own character. And what are you currently doing in this world? I do magic spells. You do magic spells. Yeah. So I. I mean, I'm not really as strong as my other gamers. I mean, everyone is either a dwarf or, you know, someone that has a lot of strength and power and weapons, and I just walk around with a fistful of fire ready to go at any moment. But we all take our time, and every time we do our turn, we do what we can. We try to fight. We try to save each other. You know, if someone's down, if someone's hit points are getting low, someone throw each other some type of you know healing potion so they can stay in the game. That's what I like about it because it's not really a competition against each other. We're all competing against the monster. Are you the monster, Ken? Always. <laughs> I assume you are some evil golem or something. You know, uh, well, I mean, I guess when Hamon picked up D&D, I was out of it. Um, but I did it as a kid. And, you know, and, and I think that's part of the thing with the 80s was like a lot of the toys at that time and games, you had to use your imagination. And I think that's what D&D really opened up. But I went into tabletop more. I was like, became a Warhammer guy, became a Warhammer 40K guy uh, because I like to build models. I like to paint. So, uh, but... You know, I, I play D&D for a long time, and I play with these guys on occasion. I prefer a little more the theatrical style when we played the Cthulhu game, because uh, that was based in the 20s. I kind of like the stuff that is a little more um, relatable, but, you know, D&D has its place. It uh, gives you a game system. They give you if, you, if you're not that creative, they give you... Uh, adventures to go on but if you are creative they give you a basic system that you could build on and and Mm -hmm. have a lot of fun so when i was eight i got my first dungeon advanced dungeon dragon handbook because i'm like i'm gonna do this complicated i took one look at it put it back on the shelf and gave it to hambone a week ago yeah it was a first edition advanced dungeon and dragons players handbook and the print the print was like really really small It, it the first edition was a little bit of a a little bit of a mountain to climb if you were like a kid trying to figure it out for the first time. That being said, 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons is very inclusive. It's very, you could either use somewhat advanced rules or they give you basic rules right out the gate. So if you are just starting, if you're a little kid, you want to get in on the action, you can. So it's 5th edition is really something for everybody and that's why I love it. What if you have no friends? 
Well, what's cool is there's the Roll20 app, uh, and there's different kind of apps and services that you can do. Right now, if I wanted to, I can get a game going with people all across the United States, all across the world. Uh, So if you don't have anyone to play with locally, you can always find someone to play with uh, right over the computer. And and prior to apps, you could go to game stores that's, you know, sold D&D stuff and games workshop type stuff. Right. And wargaming stuff, and you could find games to play and find groups to play with. Yeah, absolutely. See, I didn't get into the fantasy type gaming until Magic the Gathering in 1994. Love that too. I bought a ton of packs in 1994. I started. My, I, I I think I may have told you the story beforehand. When I, I got off a flight in Gre- from Greece, landed. It was the summer of '94. And my friends picked me up. My friend Nick and my friend Mike Dolan picked me up, and they were like, "Hey." Here's a pack of uh, here's a pack of magic cards, and here's two tickets to go see Ransom, the Bouncing Souls, the City Garden tonight. So I'm like, fuck yeah, the best day ever. And it was the best day ever. And I started playing magic cards. I started stealing packs of uh, starter decks left and right from whatever stores I could get into. And I loved magic until I didn't love magic, which is kind of when it went a little crazy and there was too many. It got too expensive to play. They call it the flat crack. Yeah, uh, but that was. I really enjoyed card games. I think that's why I like Hearthstone so much. Right. And and Hearthstone's another uh, great free-to-play microtransaction game. Uh, that said, like I, I loved Hearthstone, too, because I, I really did love Magic the Gathering. I, I thought Hearthstone... It's the closest thing to it. It's the closest thing. However, I like the way that mana is generated more, where you're guaranteed every turn to get mana to use so it's not like you're going to get mana flooded you know you've got a certain number of turns before you need to you can make a move or you can't make a move so to me the game's a little more fair and also man it's great to be able to play in the airport so do you think young children today are playing ad and d is generation z in the zone oh absolutely i think it's actually being reintroduced now i mean i i think a lot more tvs and and, and movies are bringing the game back so people are like, oh, what are they playing? What is that? Let me look into that. And now they're starting little groups. Totally Stranger Things yeah, season exactly. one. Yeah, exactly. They're had in the basement. Demogorgon and they're playing mm-hmm. D&D. And, you know, and not only that, uh, gaming, uh, board gaming and tabletop gaming has made a comeback in the last five to seven years. So I think, you know, p- people our age, a little younger, a little older, introducing all their kids to this stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's still holding strong. It never, ever died. It just kind of kept growing. So Hambone? I'm a 20-year-old. I don't know. Let's go honestly. I'm a 35-year-old listening to this podcast. <laughs> I want to start playing. You know, I, I felt I wanted to do it all my life, and I never had the chance. I want to know how does one go into it? Do I need to go on Craigslist and find a friends? That's not how you find a friend. No. <laughs> that's that's not you stay away from Craigslist. Yeah, that's do I go on Tinder? Do I go on Tinder and look for someone who likes D and D? How do I become? How do I become a warlord? So first thing I would do is find your uh, friendly local gaming shop. Just go on Google. Do not go on Craigslist. Do not. Go go on Google uh, and just find your find your local gaming shop. Find out when they're doing D and D Adventures League, or maybe there's the Pathfinder Society, which is another version uh, of D and D run by a different company. Uh, you just find out when they're doing it. You go down and say, "Hey, I'm brand new to this. I always wanted to play it," and they will help place you in a group in the store and give you you know help you to get the resources that you need and by the way if you're going to get into it definitely buy a book from your friendly local gaming store buy some dice because you're definitely going to need dice it's a bad habit to get into but you're going to love it uh and with that you'll be able to within a week start playing dungeons and dragons and and learning about it you know also like if you go to wizards of the coast um website there's definitely different resources uh D beyond 
is another website you can go to to check it out. And you could actually buy digital versions of all the books there and have it running off an app on your phone. Wizards of the Coast owns all the uh, TSR D&D stuff. Yep, Wizards of the Coast owns everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and don't don't think that you're going into it and you're saying, well, you know, maybe I won't do this because I'm not a, as advanced as they are and I don't want to bother them because that's not really true. You learn things every single time you play and people will be happy to involve you into your into their game they will be like yes please come play because it's it's a gathering it's, yeah. it's fun and even the most pro players still use books because yeah. there's just I too much always, too much a, knowledge i'm not a professional i, think I still ask questions i think people get intimidated because they see math uh and it's not necessarily the part of being creative and being like oh i'm going to be a wizard i'm going to be an elf it's uh, like I, oh i have to calculate I something i saw the math and in the book and i, I could totally yeah no i mean as kids there's definitely stuff me and my was, friends omitted because we were like, what? I was in remedial math in college. <laughs> Not for nothing, but when I roll the dice and if I have to do like maybe 5d4, my friend next to me is counting for me. I'm rolling and she's like, okay, and you know, you just, you help each other. To speak to the, crea- the creative side of it, uh, I ran a game for all girls. And if you're talking about more role-playing, more they would describe how they killed the monsters. We played one game, we did a Christmas game, and they were fighting Krampus, right? So Robin, is, is she's blowing her rolls left and right. Nothing is going her way. She goes at the last second after everyone's getting beaten up and destroyed, and she polymorphs, which is a spell that you can use to change something into something else, Krampus into Santa, instantly killing Krampus. We saved the village. And she saved the village and all the children. And it's that kind of thing where it's like outside the box thinking like she's you're sitting there you're thinking to yourself, well how, how am I going to like what I'm cuz right now I'm not doing anything for anyone. My teammates are just getting pummeled. They're getting killed left and right and I'm here I am. My dice are just crap the entire time and then I finally got it and I'm like what the hell am I going to do? And I'm going to make everyone I'm going to make them Santa Claus. We're taking a break right now for a PSA. Oh lord. George. Hambone is a dungeon master for all women. (laughs) Doesn't this make your vagina tingle? George. Doesn't this make you feel like this might be a man that you've been looking for? This is a man who when you need a dungeon to break free from, George, he can unchain his heart and release the ham bone into your cuckolds. I, cuckolds. Cuckold. I don't know what the wow. word is. Cuckolds. Women, this is the cuckolds. man you've been looking for. I'm cowering behind my pop screen. <laughs> don't let this go. My cheeks are so red. You can find him at 973. Don't do it, George. 509. That's, okay, that's not my number. 773. That's, that's definitely not my number. Just leave a message. Don't leave a message. Voicemail of Cult of George. Don't know who that is. And let us know how to reach you. Because this man. Oh my God. Can release the dragon. My home. My (laughs) home phone. Oh Lord. (laughs) End of PSA. Um, So. (laughs) Ambo's mic wasn't the only thing popping there. Whoa. Ken. I, I look. I just I, this part of this podcast. We created this podcast to help Hambone get laid, and it's clearly not worked. So we're trying other things. Uh, if it means some more Sade and like a little bit of oven roast, like so be it. I'm there for oven you. Roast. I'm, lo- I'm there for all. Maybe of you. by episode 100, George. Here's hoping. So we got no time left, but we could talk about WrestleMania really quickly. I think we need to talk about WrestleMania really quickly. Um, I think Dave Meltzer summed it up best when he said this was the greatest. WrestleMania 
until it wasn't. Yeah. Right? I, I, yeah, that's perfect. Like, the first two hours of it were fantastic. I was going to say, it might have ended right before the AJ Styles match. I it, hate to admit that. I didn't want to say it in front of Becker. Like, I think we all were thinking it, but we didn't want to say it in front of Don. Yeah, but it wasn't just Nakamura. Like, that whole match was just weirdly boring. But AJ Styles is usually pretty... Like, AJ Styles can pull a, a turn a bad match good, so I kind of think it might have been Nakamura. Yeah, maybe. I think he... I don't know. I don't want to blame it on him. I'm glad I was tired and left. Um, but I was looking at Don the whole time, and the look I was seeing was like... I'm broken, but I will never say it. I think I, <coughs> he just jinxed me. I think I'm just going to leave. Well, it, it's funny because he, he has a long drive home. And and I know, like, you know, for him, uh, being an NJPW fan, this is a huge dream match. This is a big opportunity. And and I could I could feel his tiredness. And I know I know he was just waiting for it to finally happen, and it did happen, and it, it was so meh. Meh, meh. It was okay. Uh, I, I'm going to say it. The, the, I think either the, the women's Charlotte Asuka or the, uh, the, multi-pers- the multi-gender battle, ro- the tag match with Ronda Rousey were the two best matches of the night. Can would we you, agree with that, Robin? Right, what do you think? I think I think Ron did really well. Yeah, I was I was really happy with her. Uh, I was blown away. We yeah. had we went in with such low expectations, and I would never have thought, oh, two uh, f- near fifty year olds, if not fifty year olds, and Ronda Rousey and a non wrestler could have the match of the night. And then you know, when she lived them over, oh my goodness! Right, Ronda, Ugh. like the, you know what sucked was and she just she got up. She was on, she was on her knees and she just put him on her back and she just stood oh, up. Oh, that was, was so just, amazing! So amazing! I couldn't believe it. We, I was um, I was blown away by the, her punches, how good mm-hmm. they looked. And the worst part was her punches looked so good it fucked up the Daniel Bryan match because Shane McMahon's punches looked horrible, absolutely horrible. <laughs> I also don't understand how diverticulitis works because clearly you can just will it into being like. Oh, shit, my diverticulitis is acting up again. I was, I was like, is he supposed to be wearing a bag? He keeps like, grabbing he- <laughs> his stomach, so he might have been. Between, Shane McMahon and that stupid stretcher spot screwed up what should have been the match of the night, which was Daniel O'Brien return. Agreed. Um, nobody even remembers it now. Nobody's even talking about it. It was kind of boring. It was kind of boring. And that said... We got a much better match out of Daniel Bryan on SmackDown last much night, better n- match. which was Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. So we oh, actually man, got we actually got craziness in that. We got a better match. We got a WrestleMania caliber match two days later with two. Yeah, uh, yeah. So well, can I just say something? Go ahead, Ken. Um, uh, you know, yeah, it was WWE's weekend because it was WrestleMania, but there was also and you know NXT had their event. Yeah, they're part of WWE, but it was also ROH had. Super card of honor, which nobody saw. And let me tell you, yeah, they had a feed malfunction. They did end up using YouTube as a way to uh, show the event to their fans. And oh, it's available on YouTube now. Well, they used YouTube to get the event to fans somehow. Uh, I did see the event on YouTube. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, I actually saw all the events on YouTube. Everything I missed, and including NXT. Um, WWE had the pre-show for WrestleMania for free on YouTube. That's cool. Which I got to watch that too. Nice. Um, But I will say one of the best matches of the weekend was Kota Ibushi versus Adam Page at Supercard of Honor. Probably the best match at Supercard of Honor. I just wanted to say that. You you are such a hangman, Mark. I like Kota Ibushi too. I mean... I just I like love, that. I love Abushi. Love too. that NJPW style. I love Abushi. Look, I, the the love fact the fact is Ring of Honor 
maybe should have put their show against the Hall of Fame this yeah. year. Yeah. Because NXT TakeOver, you had three match of the year candidates in one show. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. When, like, any one of those could have been match of the night, and the women was one of the, a great match that was nobody really cared about because it was just not as good as the other greatness on the show. It was it was insane. Please watch TakeOver in its entirety. Like, just go watch all three hours of it. You will love it. I can't say enough about it. Like, there is there anything to say about it? It's just... You know what? What I was actually telling people on Sunday morning was that if you hadn't seen TakeOver yet, don't watch it until after WrestleMania because you're going to just completely ruin any expectation or anything because TakeOver was perfect from soup to nuts. Even the, the Ember Moon match, which was a little bit... A little it, it wasn't as good as the rest of the it matches, wasn't as good but it was as the rest great. Of the matches, it was still great. Yeah. Um... I also, it, it, we can't always say, like, well, TakeOver is going to outshine it because uh, last year's TakeOver, WrestleMania was one of the best WrestleManias ever. Absolutely. And it was, I don't even remember that TakeOver. This year, the SummerSlam one, I actually thought TakeOver was okay. SummerSlam was really good this year. But this time, it was just, I'd never seen anything like that. And I, again, Ring of Honor might want to reconsider what day they do it. That ladder match was amazing. Um Alistair Black match was awesome. What Gar- was the other match? Gargano. Gargano oh, my that, that, that's going to end up becoming a match oh, of the year man. candidate if it's not. If, if, if it's not. If there were matches this, of the year, I would say for this weekend, definitely Gargano Ciampa number one. Uh, Abushi no, Adam Page number two. You should all go watch that. I will go do that. What was your favorite match of the weekend, Robin? No, Ronda Rousey. And I also, I liked when John Cena did The Undertaker as well. I, look, they did he the was, best he, they could do yeah, with it. I was so scared every time he fell. I'm just like, watch his hips. Watch his hips. Because I knew he was going <laughs> to I was like, I'm like, no, every we, time. We are, going to, we are going to do a Greatest Royal Rumble preview either next week or the week after. I forgot which week I have it set for. So we'll talk more about Rusev versus Undertaker and why The Undertaker is back again. He uh, looks wh- great, though. He looks great. He looks better than he did. He has a new hip. Yeah, I'm Some, so scared. Sometimes dead is better. I mean, maybe retired is better. I don't know. I just think I saw this happen to Terry Funk and Ric Flair. And I yeah, superstar Billy high. Graham had one hit replaced. He still wrestled. And then by the time he had the second, he was done. Yeah, yep. I, I'm, I'm okay with him. I, I think people should go out on a high like Shawn Michaels totally, did. Totally, And look, that match was great. Fine. I don't know why John Cena's jobbing. I'm sorry. But it is what I it is. I think that if there was anyone that would that would make – Undertaker look good it would be John Cena because it, he wouldn't really he'd be like I'm gonna do this for him you but know? John gonna, Cena wanted to be a dream match because yeah. he had never fought him instead he jobbed to like him in three squash. minutes yeah. it was weird uh, uh, one thing that a lot of people hated but I actually really enjoyed it I look this might be one of those weird things you get when you become a father like the Miz um, the, the the Braun Strowman thing I actually loved I liked it I loved I know a lot it. of people talk shit about it but like I thought it was cute if we're not gonna get Hogan if we're not gonna get someone of that caliber then that was hilarious. I love when he gave up the belt the next night. Braun, I mean, it was Braun, Braun is the new Hogan. Yeah. Like, Braun is going to be the new Hogan. And I'll be honest with you, if the kid had come out and, like, laid out Cesaro or, like, you know, even gave someone a nut shot or did anything, did anything, I can understand why people would be pissed. But he literally, he tagged Braun out, he stepped in the ring, and he tagged Braun back in, and that was it. Did you hear about all the, so when Braun was going around the crowd looking for the person, obviously Nicholas was a plant. I think it was a referee's son. He's a referee's son, yeah. But uh, while he was looking around, I guess he passed by where they had put the New New Japan Ring of Honor guys. Yep. 
and they were like ducking, like hiding, so they're not like Okada and all oh, them. That's great. We're yeah. like sitting there watching the show, like no, no, this could be bad. This could be bad because I don't think Braun realized where they were. He yeah. was just looking for that spot and that's hamming funny. it up. I gotta look for that. Yeah, I don't think you see them, but I think there was a moment where like security's like duck. Well, you see a lot of the a lot of the NXT guys because he does at one point definitely pass uh, No Way Jose. Yes, yes. He passes Mustache Mountain. He passes like a lot of different yeah. people. Uh, and they were they were definitely not ready yeah. for that. And it made you realize that you know at WrestleMania, every wrestler in the world's there doing the indie shows, but most of those guys are fans too. And yeah, like absolutely. they're at Wrestle, you know, if they can get tickets to WrestleMania, they're going to be at WrestleMania. I'm sure WWE comped a lot of indie talent. Yeah. Also, it was a little weird if you heard about Steve Austin. He he decided to spend WrestleMania at a hotel bar watching WrestleMania with the Boogeyman and Hurricane Shane Helms. Oh, that's the best. And then whatever awesome. randos were in the hotel. That I, I would much. I mean, granted, Headhunters is the place to be, but if I had to be someplace else, I'd want to be in a hotel bar with Steve Austin and the Hurricane. Definitely. Doing fireballs. Dude, I'd just, all night long. Whatever. I, I'd get arrested that night. It'd be Eating worth it. Worms with the Boogeyman. I would do it. Um, so Raw, I look. I thought Ember Moon's premiere is kind of weak. I thought she was just a tag match. I I, I love the iconic duo the next day. On oh, I thought that was a better, s- stronger premiere. And we finally got a cash in. Yeah, and that the, was so and good. The cash in, I thought all that was great. She was crying on the table. <laughs> she was happy. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would be, I'd be so happy. Uh, who else we got? So Ember Moon, I thought was eh. who else? Uh, AOP came in. I thought they looked strong. I would have liked them more on SmackDown to fight the Bludgeon Brothers. You know, and that's the way I thought it was going to go. But what did you think of them telling Paul Ellering, "You don't follow us here"? At first, I was like, "Oh, it's fucking Vince hating managers." But I'm like, uh, "It's also probably Paul Ellering not wanting to do a full time touring schedule oh, yeah. at oh, his yeah. age." You know, it's just, you know, you're not getting paid that much to fly everywhere to just show up for two seconds to walk people down the ring. He probably lives in Florida. He'll probably bring in some other tag team. Samoa Joe came back. Samoa Joe, and that promo that, was fire. Yeah, that was He's excellent. I, I thought, I thought. Who else came back? I thought there was at least four or five people on Raw that showed up. I feel like I back. missed somebody. No Way Jose popped up. No Way Jose. Oh, God, that's going to end so fast. Doing, doing uh, what's his name? Adam Rose's gimmick again. Uh, it's going to be a, it's a burial. It's so bad. But look, I love the week. I love WrestleMania week. I've watched a total of maybe like 22 hours of wrestling, including oh, yeah. the Hall of Fame. I'm done. I'm spent on NXT. I think there is a good match, I think, on NXT tonight. But it was one that was taped at WrestleMania. Right. It might be Kyrie Sane versus someone I'm blanking right now. Uh, but definitely, definitely, uh, WrestleMania watched first two hours. I mean, that's about, we get to the show. I mean, you should watch the Daniel Bryan match. And then after that, it's pretty much done. It's over. Yeah. It's over. Uh, I, I have nothing else to add to that. This was one of the weaker WrestleManias. Some people loved it. I, uh, I, I have nothing against Roman Reigns. I could care less about Brock. The thing is, like, we were invested on this story ending. We put up with Brock for a whole year, just fucking Ugh. shitting on everything. Put one good match on with AJ Styles. We put on with it up with it because we knew at least as much as I could live, take either give or take uh, Roman Reigns. We were gonna get rid of Brock Lesnar having the bat the belt for the whole year, and then we didn't get it. And then we got that weird bloodbath at the end. That was just weird. There's so much blood. And uh, so much blood. Uh, Pro wrestling sheet says that might have been. Uh, well, we don't know if it was the blood or the table spot. Nah, or he cut ju- himself at the top. You could see he's where he stitched. It, he cut himself right up. It, at the it top looks of like, the head. but he that was a, but when they when they showed it, it was a gash. Yeah, it was a big. I mean, it was a big gash. If he cut himself, he learned it from Leatherface because that shit was yeah. Bloody. I don't or know. Bill of the butcher. 
I, I think yeah. he was touching it because he hurt him. But um, yeah, I think you can see his brains. I, look, I don't think anybody went to business for themselves. I think what they were saying, Vince was pissed that like Lesnar basically didn't stop to like he didn't finish the show. He just ran to the back. Yeah, and I think he was supposed to like stand there with the belt to get that shot. Like, and I I heard the table spot may not be. I don't I don't know what we know. All I know is that I'm over this. That was a very down way to end the pay per view. Oh yeah, absolutely. And not a fan. I guess we gotta wait till the greatest Royal Rumble now to see what happens. Tweet tweet on the street is that's where Brock drops the title. Robin, are you sad there's gonna be a pay per view with no women? <laughs> no, I'm not sad. No, why? I'm just wondering because that's gonna be weird. Well, I mean, it's India, so it's not India. It's Saudi Arabia. Yeah, so that's it was Saudi Are Arabia? you gonna say that's the it's same like thing? No, I was, I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna say like, ah, it's over there. They're gonna say like oh, brown people. Right. No, I'm by the way, Bobby Lashley showed up on Raw. Just started to drive over there. There you go. Bobby Lashley showed up on Raw too, which was awesome. Ah, he had a great TNA run. Bite your tongue. He was awesome. Speaking of that, real quick, the Hardys uh, have a new DVD set coming out, and WWE actually worked with TNA to get the rights to use Hardy footage from TNA, including the broken angle. So people are playing nice, even though they did that little dig on them on Monday Night Raw. TNA's Yeah, but that's a way of them playing nice, because they obviously never, ever acknowledge any of their... uh, opposition until they own them that's so. wow ken yeah so wrestlemania new season of wrestling we're so excited obviously this is our continuing season we're like mid-season of my tie happy hour i hope you guys are loving the new format i hope you guys are helping hambone find oh, a woman Christ, i'm hoping you're just <laughs> loving the satanic worshiping that is ken we love you so much please 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 rate review subscribe rate review subscribe we need the love from our friends we're trying so hard to make this something different for the nerds, for the geeks, for the repressed, for the unloved. We are here for you, Hambone. I mean, you, everybody. We are here to help <laughs> oh, you on, guys. help yourselves oh. and make Hambone laugh. We're just here to pop Hambone. That's all we're here to do. Every week, man. All, all, every week. Every week. 65 episodes. Robin, this is a special part of the show where you tell us what you love. This week. This week. And how can people reach you? Oh, okay. So you can reach me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Here for the Wine. And that's the number four, Here for the Wine. And what I'm excited about this week is, you know, Friday is Friday the 13th, but Netflix is also releasing Lost in Space. Ooh. Danger, Will Robinson. So I'm looking forward to seeing that and see what what they're doing with it because I think Dr. Smith is played by Parker Posey. So, yeah. So I'm interested in that. So I'm excited. Thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to have you again. You are the best dungeon master in the world. Don't tell Hambone that. (laughs) I'm staying right here, guys. He's he's right here. We're gonna we're gonna cut to Ken. Ken, this week, what have you loved? What what cool shit do you love? And where can they reach you? And where can they find you at what weird flea market? Um, I didn't know it was Friday 13th this week, so I'm now I'm even more psyched. It's like my favorite day of the year, but. uh, you know what? I had a great time at Trenton Punk Rock Flea Market. Uh, met a lot of cool people. I'm going to shout out Chunkle. And, Chunkle. Uh, Chunkle. Chunkle. And um, Lay Skates, that gentleman. He uh, handcrafts, hand paints his skateboards. And he gave me an awesome King Diamond skateboard deck. So I'm going to show that off soon. But uh, you could find me at um, Curse, K-U-R-S-S-C. That's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all that fun stuff. You find me at Zombie Gentleman. Where I craft and make and uh, make a lot of cool cults, art, horror housewares, and uh, crazy lamps. And I'll be at 
spring morning in Kearney Point on April 21st, part of the JC Jersey City Oddities. How's that website going? How's that website going? Uh, we're uh, you know working on it. We need to get that yeah, shopping yeah. carriage going. Totally, totally. We need to get make it. make make your. It's the next stage, yeah. actually. We need uh, to make uh, money. Once I finish up these next few shows, you know, make that money work for you totally. or that art work for you. Yeah. I don't know how to work, say. Uh, yeah. Work smarter, not harder. Whatever. I don't <laughs> only know to work harder. Speaking of working harder, Hambone. You guys can find me. No, no, no. We want to know what cool shit you love this week. I don't know, George. I get distracted every time I hear the song. Uh, the uh, Into the Borderlands by Goodman Games is a reprint of the original Dungeons & Dragons module, Keep on the Borderlands, updated to 5th edition, so you get both the original and the brand new hardcover. Everything is reprinted with nice big letters, so you could easily read it. New maps, new art. It is absolutely fantastic. Nerd. <laughs> that's where you need. That's where you need that Gallows and Anderson like nerd. I people. I need to make it clear. I, so I think I'm going to create a Hambones hotline uh, next week. We're gonna get a Google voicemail box nice. just for people who want to ask Hambone anything and help Hambone get laid. Um, oh, so this God, is gonna this happen. So I'll poorly. give out the phone number next week. I mean, Hambone. Hambone's great. We Thanks, should man. read the email transcriptions because those are even better than the oh, voicemails themselves. Yeah, this is going to be this is going to be our new uh, favorite episode. Well. Ask Hambone anything we did very well for the Chris Bueller or the only person who ever asked anything on it. So my favorite thing this week was uh, they released the first the solo two solo albums by Mike Ness under the influence and. Cheating at Solitaire? Cheating at Solitaire. Cheating at Solitaire particularly is possibly the best thing he did and everything was downhill after that. Agreed. So uh, they're both available on vinyl now. This is pre-Record Store Day. Record Store Day in a week and a half. Nothing really good on the list, but we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk a little bit about whether uh, Record Store Day has officially jumped the shark. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, because I think we might be at that point of, uh, you know, this is just a major label dick-sucking exercise every year around this time. But again, both Mike Ness albums are available now. You can get them from MikeNess.com. You can get them for Amazon.com. You can get them from whatever record label. My name is George. You can reach me at GLK Creative on Instagram. You can reach me on GLK Creative on Twitter. You can find me at CultOfGeorge.com where I'm continuing continuing to add more to the Life in a Bungle archive. And get the next big step is going to be getting all my photos up there, which is going to take forever. Uh, I am George. I'm so happy that you have joined us today and every single week. I think I'm taking a vacation in a couple weeks. We need to figure that out. But otherwise, again, rate, review, subscribe. Show us the love. Tell Robin you love her. Tell Kenny you love her. Help Hambone get laid. We are here for you. Did I say that? Is that called a she? Well, gender's fluid. Didn't Hambone say gender's fluid? Hambone said gender's fluid. Maybe for Hambone. Hambone's so pretty. Love everyone. Love everybody. Love everybody. Hambone can't grow facial hair. I, I shave it down. I can't grow it well, but I have some. Really? Well, yeah. It's a, it's a handsome man beard right now. You don't right have now. chest hair either. No, I have a ton of chest hair. Really? You don't ever see me in my shirt, off George. Well, you usually shave because of your tattoos. Well, no. I, no, I never. Sh- I how shaved once t- for the tattoo. and took a while to grow back. But how, now it's back, baby. How, it's back. It's like chia. It is like chia a chia. Yeah. yeah. Take us out, Hambone. Everybody remember. Be nice. Aloha. Aloha. <laughs> Потыкать очень часто мила, всем мужчинам я строила глазки.